Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast with stories and information about weather and climate. And we take in-depth looks at stories that you're talking about, information that you need to help you weatherproof your life. We're in the middle of our winter series in a winter that was slow to get started, but now seems like it will never end. Hope always springs eternal. And so it was time to check in with our long-range forecaster, Paul Pastelock, this week as the AccuWeather spring forecast is out. But, friends, some of you may not like what Paul has to say when we talk to him in our first Race of Focus segment coming up. We'll also talk to Paul before we get into the heart of the spring forecast about this amazing turn of winter. We warned you about it just about a month ago, four weeks ago, in our system and our episode where we talked about this sudden stratospheric warm-up, polar vortex, and all of that. Well, all of that that we talked about, we're seeing and feeling here in this heart of winter as we enter into what should be a weekend where we are thinking about spring. We'll at least talk about it with Paul, but I don't know how much spring is in the forecast. Also, at the end of our podcast, we'll have a segment with AccuWeather meteorologist Jake Soja as we talk about this upcoming weekend and week beyond, because as we're going to tell you, the cold will just get colder and the snow will get snowier and some areas will pick up even more here in the next couple of weeks than they've had in the last few. We'll sort out those details of this upcoming week of forecast here from AccuWeather.com with Jake at the end. Friends, on this wintry weekend where we celebrate Valentine's Day and a lot of cuddling, I guess, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. So as we settle in and get ready, this is episode 10 of our winter series. As this uh, amazing winter unfolds in front of us, I mean, the Great Lakes and Northeast had a very mild, very first almost uh, half to two-thirds of winter. And now things have kind of flipped on a dime. And, you know, I want to point you back to that episode that we did about four weeks ago, that episode on sudden stratospheric warm-up and the polar vortex shift and all of the things that uh, explained what that was and what it may cause. You go back to that episode four weeks ago, if you haven't heard it or want a little primer on what we're going to start talking about with our chief long-range forecaster, Paul Pastelock, about what we've seen from that sudden explosion of cold air down to the lower 48 here in the last couple of weeks. How long is that going to continue, and how does that relate to the newly minted spring forecast for the United States from AccuWeather.com, which came out last week? My friend and yours... Our chief long-range forecaster, Paul Pastelock, joins me now on Everything Under the Sun. All right, Paul, it's been four weeks since we talked, and man, what we talked about four weeks ago is certainly in the center of everything. Before we get into the spring forecast, which is what we're here to do with our good friend, Paul Pastelock, I want to talk about the last four weeks, because just about everything that we talked about now has come to fruition based on that sudden stratospheric warm-up. And now the dislodgement of the polar vortex and 
I thought one of the things that was telling was when we talked about that four weeks ago, we talked about how there are times with these that it's really sometimes difficult to tell where these blasts of cold are exactly aimed going forward past the event that causes this. And I think that's been evident in what we've gone through the last few weeks, where at times it looks like the core of the coldest air might go to the Northeast. And then it changes and it goes more towards the Midwest and the plain states uh, north to south and those kinds of things. Um, It's been incredible. And the other thing that it's done is locked in this cold air for so long. And a lot of these places, one of the longest stretches of cold air that we've seen places like Chicago, Detroit and into the northeast. Um, and all these little ripples of energy coming all along. And let's just say that the weather people are tired of this pattern, as I'm sure the people that are on the ground dealing with it are. But it's and it's been an amazing event. Let's kind of talk about that a little bit here. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, well, the the peak of the stratospheric warming event took place around January 3rd, January 4th. Okay. And it, the magnitude was intense. The temperature rose at the upper levels of the stratosphere to about 90 to about 90 degrees. I mean, it just 90 degrees higher. I mean, it was just an incredible warming event that took place over the upper. And that just rattled everything. Now, there's always a lag. We talked about that on the last recording that we would get into some of this uh, by mid to late January. And we saw some trickles of it here in North America, but they really got blasted in Asia and Europe out of this. Uh, right. That was that wave. first push that went into. And, and we knew that one was coming. That was the one that Siberian plunge, what they called the beast from the east to mm-hmm. this time. We knew that one was coming. But then since then, there have been more and they've been aimed other places. Right. A lot of it has to do with the way the upper level pattern on this side of the globe evolved. We have a very, very strong block that has developed an upper level high on the on this side of the Arctic in northern Canada. It's massive. And it has forced this cross polar air to come all the way down through Alaska, northwest Canada and smack dab right into the middle of the nation. In addition, we've had systems prior to this laying down snow cover in certain places not so much in the Northern Plains, but in other places, that that cold's been able to continue to go on and grow and expand. And so we've seen very, very cold readings at times in the Northeast, pieces getting ripped up, just like the recent one that just came through. But the bulk of it, like you said, Dean, has been focused over the uh, Midwest and the Plains where they've seen low temperatures at night, 30 to 40 below zero. So Will we get that action? Well, it depends on the rest of the pattern. I mean, we need something to change to pull it east. I've been hesitant about pulling it all east for the longest time in my blogs. I have not been telling my people here, hey, we're coming east with this and sticking with it because of the fact that the, the block was centered over the northern Canada and that's where everything was focused. Things were just not right yet. That block, I think, was evidenced by the big storm, right? A couple of weeks ago, the big storm yes. along the northeast that just amazingly, and we kind of did a recap of that in last week's uh, Everything Under the Sun, but that storm, once that coastal, and it was actually two pieces of a coastal situation, they just sat there for a few days. So that's where you saw the block. Now, the block, you I, I see what you're saying. The block has shifted farther west. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing all that cold air entrenched. And now we've got this zippy weather pattern that we've been dealing with this week. And it looks like it continues into next week, where a lot of these... Uh, 
little littler systems just kind of run along that and you got to figure out which one is going to do some damage and which one isn't. So that's the pattern we're in now. What I'm looking at as we go into this weekend is another huge outburst push of polar air, right? Heading down through Canada, right aimed at those plain states, Northern Plains, Chicago and that. And so how's that going to affect the next couple of weeks here, I guess, is what what uh, I would be wondering. Two things are going to happen. The block over Northern Canada this week shifts back towards Greenland. Okay. And we start to see semblance of the upper high that was north of Hawaii, the Western Aleutians, shift towards the Pacific coast, maybe not on shore, but kind of like near the coast. So you get this really amplified pattern. So the setup is, is that the, the Canada is finally cold. In early mid-January, Canada wasn't cold. Our well, and, a lot of, and a lot of the lower 48 wasn't cold too. Remember how we talked about that? Those, so we were mm-hmm. above average there in January thaw for the first 15 days. Yeah, the Northern Plains was like five, six above normal for January. I mean, there was no source region to lock into. Now we have a source region of cold. And so when you amplify that pattern... And you pull that cold down and you, you know, because if you remember back in January, we had a nice block over Greenland. Everyone's saying it should come pouring down that cold. Right. But our source region wasn't cold enough yet. Now it is. And now we got the block. And so more cold, like you just said, Dean, will pour down into Chicago and Kansas City and even down to the lower valley of Texas. Tuesday morning, it could get close to freezing. Yeah, so, that's uh, we're, there's some there's some real concern about how cold that is going to get down there. And we've been taking a look at it. And, you know, I think some of the models have not been extremely helpful in just how cold this area is. Maybe the of the of the models that I've been looking at the last week or so, maybe the GFS is one of the ones that has maybe a little bit ha- more better handle. The euro doesn't seem to have as good a handle on this uh, this cold. Do you agree with that in the in terms of the cold that's coming down uh, as we go through this weekend into early next week? I'm in between, Dean. I'm taking it half. I, I think. The GFS is a little too cold down in Texas, but there is there are storms that are pulling that cold down. And I think there's a mega one next week. Uh, a lot of snow and ice. Uh, one of these four systems, I think, is going to blow up. And I think it's the uh, it's the early to midweek one that uh, it's the one that uh, in, in the modeling. And I'm seeing it gets you know it's the big push down of cold air, and then it spins something up that kind of acts like a cutter, right? Mm-hmm. And goes up just uh, either. South and east of Chicago, Detroit area, that would be where the center of the low pressure. And if that thing gets into that, what is really cold Arctic air, I mean, those are the kinds of situations we can see blow up blizzards in that area very quickly. So, yeah, I think early part of next week, there has to be some concern that Monday through Wednesday time frame. If you're in the in the uh, northeast now, uh, probably not so much for you. There looks like there's a system that comes up into there uh, as we get later Saturday into Sunday, something that rides up along this edge of the coldest air. But again, I think that early part of next week, uh, right in that that slot, uh, Chicago's been getting pounded, and Detroit's been they're, they're calling it Chiberia in Chicago. <laughs> and I think uh, I tried to sell them on Michigartica in uh, Michigan, but uh, those areas are going to get hit hard. I think early next week. Well, I think there is a primary storm that really nails them up there, and I, I do think there'll be a secondary that does form, and and we'll have to watch on how the situation sets up as far as ice in the Northeast. The cold air may get staled. And we may not just have all snow in the Northeast. You have a big upper level high that starts to form in reaction to all that cold diving into the plains. Again, a very well amplified pattern setting up all the way into next week. 
something's going to give. And then this, this could be the big one. And then on the back side of it, it's really cold, but I think it could be the case where this storm takes out the most extreme cold out of the picture with it. And then we start to stay cold. We stay cold, but we may not see. I think we're seeing the worst of it now. We're in the thick of it right now, the worst mm. of it. But we do get another shot uh, behind this system, and then boom, it, it starts to ease back gradually, but doesn't go away, Dean. No, I think it stays cold. And that's something that we need to talk about when we uh, come back after a break and talk about the spring forecast itself. Some folks who are in the midst of this massive cold outbreak in the northern plains over to the Great Lakes in the northeast may be a little bit disappointed in the news we have about uh, spring's arrival here coming soon. We'll take a break on everything under the sun. I'm Dean DeVore talking with Paul Pasolak. The spring forecast from AccuWeather previewed after this on everything under the sun. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to episode 10 of our winter series here on Everything Under the Sun as we are in the heart of winter and certainly most of us uh, across the lower 48, especially Plains and Great Lakes Northeast have been uh, really suffering here. And uh, there is always hope springing eternal. And I brought on AccuWeather forecaster, long range forecast expert Paul Pastelock in with me here this week. In our second segment here, we're going to really look at the AccuWeather spring forecast that made its official debut last week. And Paul, as we uh, kind of hinted in the last segment, I think the folks that have been suffering the most here uh, over the last three, four weeks with these uh, really incursions of really cold air, unfortunately, are going to have to wait a little bit longer for that to ease out. The groundhogs that we're talking about six more weeks of winter, I was on their side. Um, and in fact, some of these areas may have eight or nine more weeks of winter, right? Till it's all said and done in terms of the cold and the wintry stuff hanging on. Do you want to start in that area? Start with the Great Lakes in the Northeast and what you kind of see there here as we head into spring? Yeah, I think the the, the immediate concern here is the length of the cold hanging over from the stratospheric warming event that we talked in the last segment. How long does it go? All along, we've talked about a lingering winter season from the northern Rockies, the Great Lakes to the northeast. But we may have to enhance that a little bit and bring it down a little farther south into the Ohio Valley and maybe parts of the mid-Atlantic states as well. By the time we get to next week, we're going to have incredible snow cover across the entire name, more than we've seen quite a while for this late in the season. And that's going to make an impact on the start of spring. The soil temperatures, the, the water content, it looks to me that we are going to see a hangover that lasts mm. at least into maybe late March and maybe early April, Dean. I was out doing yard work here in State College. Mm -hmm. Early, mid-January, I was re-edging because the, the ground was not frozen. You could dig down and everything. And then I'm looking at now uh, just a, like four or five weeks later, and I have a foot of snow basically on the ground. That permafrost, that, that layer, it has to be... So I'm thinking now... All of that stuff that I was so excited about with not having this frozen tundra around is is going to. And you're right. That stuff is not going to go away fast. No, no sudden warm ups on the surface. And we're looking at uh, Minneapolis, Omaha, um, Chicago, probably down to about D.C., New York City and Boston. We're talking about uh, temperatures 
Uh, departures for March to May lower than normal. We're looking at uh, higher than normal for the southwestern part of the United States. Uh, Los Angeles, Phoenix, over to about Dallas, and even the southeast has some above two to three normal temperatures for spring. But yeah, um, just below normal and some really cold air that's going to linger in the western uh, plains over to the Rockies there, right? In uh, western Montana over into Idaho, it looks like some of the coldest spring temperatures. Yeah, the thing is, is that uh, in the West, that could the features that grow that develop in the West probably will definitely impact the East. And because it's been relatively dry, I mean, they went in snow drought parts of the uh, Rockies, Central Rockies, for a while, and now they're starting to get the snow. But I do think that the drought will spark early heating and more air rising from the surface, which develops upper level high pressure. And what will end up happening is that will expand throughout the mid and late spring. So all the systems are going to be forced to go up into the northwest and down into the plains. So you're, you're going to see more snow. You're going to see more chill in the northwest and parts of Montana. But farther south, a bigger contrast sets up where it's much drier, warmer. And I think that entails what happens east. An upper high in the west kind of uh, brings more systems across the Tennessee and Ohio Valley. So if everything works <laughs> the <laughs> way it's supposed to in the west, I think our forecast looks pretty good going east as well. So in terms of precipitation over the spring, pretty high confidence that uh, maybe 50 to 75 percent of normal for uh, areas from the south central plains, Texas, over to the southwest coast, right? Yeah. And this is going to cause some issues, you know, not so much in the spring as much as you'll see in the late spring. Well, more spring for planting purposes, but but a bigger reaction was beginning to the summer and in late summer. If these areas continue to stay dry, we're going to have tremendous water issues across that part of the country. The drought is going to just continue to be very on the extreme side, and uh, it's going to cause a lot of problems uh, from an economic standpoint, too, as well. Moisture-wise, we're talking about uh, the drought there, but then it looks like a little bit higher uh, concentrations of moisture, and that means more storminess. Great Lakes over to the Northeast, and as you said, uh, especially March looks extremely wet in the Pacific Northwest there. Seattle could get deluged. Is that kind of situation continue as we go through the spring? Yeah, the storms have nowhere else to go. It uh, go from the northwest over the top of the upper high in the southwest and then right into the Great Lakes area where we should even see a semblance of an upper high off the southeast coast. So that will all contribute to help guide some moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico. The problem we're facing, Dean, is we don't know exactly what the water temperatures are going to be like in the northern Gulf. Because of this cold air mass coming down, we're seeing a lot of cooling taking place. And that could uh, lower the dew points, the amount of moisture that you can work with, grab by these fronts farther north. So we're more conservative on our rain amounts expected in the Great Lakes and Ohio Valley right now. We're not going much above just because we're worried about the early part of the season where the fronts may not be as juicy until we really start getting those higher dew points out of the Gulf, that warmer water to finally warm up, actually coming up into to greet that area. So it's a tough call this far out, but uh, that's something we're going to be watching. One of the parameters that we do look at during the spring is in terms of a long range forecast is the amount of severe weather. And it looks like uh, because of these temperature contrasts and moisture contrasts, there is a higher risk of severe storms. Omaha over just south of uh, uh, of Chicago, probably just west of Atlanta, 
But then all the way down the Mississippi Valley, my friends in St. Louis and KMOX, we may be busy this spring talking about some severe weather all the way down to the Mississippi Valley, maybe eases up a little bit along the Gulf Coast. But it looks like uh, it's going to be a busy, severe storm season in those areas. You have Tornado Alley, Dean, and you have Dixie Alley. Dixie Alley is an area that has been growing over the last 10 years, has been more active places like Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Missouri, Illinois. Those are, that's a region that's been getting growing, growing, growing as far as severe weather goes. The setup is much better in that area. Now, just like we talked about in the last point, it may take a little time getting going in March, okay? It may wait till very late March or early April, but once it gets going, okay, we're in a La Nina, meaning a slow retreating jet stream, a lot of cold air aloft, fast movement taking place, low levels get moist. We could have an exciting April here as far as uh, severe weather goes, and that could last right into May. Anything else that you uh, pops up in your mind that you want to impart wisdom to us, Mr. Pasolak. I know you and your team work very hard and uh, mm. been on this. Uh, anything else that you uh, that we didn't cover here that might be some highlights that people need to think about for spring weather? Well, why would it get quiet, Dean, right? Because we had such <laughs> right. an active t- uh, hurricane season. We went into a busy winter season with this SSW and all the storms we had early in December, and then all of a sudden now we're revving up again. Why wouldn't it be quiet? It's going to be active. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Right. Hopefully you just can stay alive to see it here the way you've been going. The, the lives are going to be flowing. It's going to be really active, I think, in your part of the country. Yep. I think the thing here to watch is um, the drought in the Southwest, how it works out here in the spring. It will dictate the fire season uh, going forward. Uh, we really cannot afford to have another bad wildfire season. Unfortunately, it's not looking good down there. Moisture, heavy. Yeah, at times, especially Northwest. And again, when we get into the severe weather season, we could have a lot of damage again. Another busy April could be the third busiest tornado April uh, that we're talking about here. And then um, maybe we can start to see some warmth and some drier, tranquil weather by May. Something we kind of focused on in our May forecast that things might ease back for at least one month. We'll see if that works out too. Paul, thanks for all of your hard work and your teams on these long-range forecasts. Appreciate the time, not only talking about the last couple of weeks with this intense cold, but how we look towards the spring here on Everything Under the Sun. Paul, have a great day. Too, Dave. When we come back, we'll kind of take a deeper dive as we look at that weekend system along the eastern seaboard and kind of preview just how cold it's going to be in the uh, upper plains and midwest with that deep dive of polar air coming in for the weekend and beyond we'll get back with them more after this on everything under the sun from accuweather.com whether you're at home getting ready for work packing the kids lunch or commuting listen to accuweather daily subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day and welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm meteorologist Dean DeVore, episode 10 of our winter series. Big thanks to our forecaster, long-range forecast expert, Paul Pastelock, for spending better part of 20, 25 minutes with uh, me talking about uh, this incredible couple of weeks of winter that we've had and what spring does look like, uh, although it looks like there may be a winter hangover, as we told you in that uh, first few weeks of spring, especially in the Great Lakes in the Northeast. What we always do here at our final segment on everything under the sun is kind of take a look at the weather for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond. And joining me to do that, I try to bring in some uh, different folks from AccuWeather, some people that you have heard from in the past. And then we always try to 
introduce new family members to our Everything Under the Sun family. And I'm going to do that here this week with a young man who's, I call him young, but uh, his name is Jake Soja. <laughs> and uh, Jake comes to us. He went to SUNY Brockport. So Jake's very well aligned with uh, a lot of winter weather. And uh, one of our folks that I think uh, has a really good handle on lake effect stuff, because he's obviously lived through it uh, in that situation. Jake, uh, welcome to Everything Under the Sun. And you grew up in upstate New York, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up uh, right in between, almost half smack dab, halfway in between Buffalo and Rochester. So, um, yeah, oh, plenty of- I can, I can hear it, Rochester. I can yeah. hear it. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talked a little bit about this last week in terms of it last week being National Weather Person's Day and week. Uh, what are some of the things, you know, obviously snow would be the, the thing that people would say, well, that's probably what got Jake into forecasting. Was there anything else that you really- loved and enjoyed about the weather that kind of tickled your fancy there? Yeah, it was, I mean, probably snow was the biggest part of it. But um, honestly, you know, a lot of people say thunderstorms, severe weather, things like that. Other than the lake effect snow, I'd say one of mine was the lack of thunderstorms where I grew up, you know, near <laughs> Buffalo and Rochester. Right. As much in the winter as I'd be looking at the forecast for upcoming snow, I would spend the summer months looking at the forecast just for a chance for a decent thunderstorm. It felt like we never got them. Right. Um, at which the Great Lakes were a big part of that um, as well. You know, kind of the lake shadow effect. Jake's, you're in your upper 20s now? See, yep. I I, you, I go meteorologically. I'm in my low to mid 50s and, and you're, <laughs> you're in your upper 20s. So you've got uh, probably a good 10, 15 years of really good sensing the weather. And I'm probably in like the 40 year range of that. Um, I have noticed, though, have you, especially in this area and, and, and farther up north, we are more convective now in the last 10 or 15 years in some of these events, right? So we are seeing some decent, more decent thunderstorms a little farther north than maybe we saw 10, 15, 20 years ago. Do you agree with that, Jake, Is in terms of things that you've noticed over the last 10, 15 years, the way the climate is evolving in this part of the world? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're on with that. Um, and some other things, uh, I'm 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 not sure what has come into play with that. I'm I've, I've noticed it last year. Last year was uh, living here in State College. I think was some of the most thunder that I'd ever seen living here. Certainly in the past five years, um, my parents will call me up much more often because they see thunderstorms and stuff in the forecast. Or and you're and you're like, where was that when I was a kid? Yeah, right? e exactly. So um, there's certainly something going on there. I think you're right. I think um, we've seen a lot less ice cover on the Great Lakes the last several years, and that they've warmed up faster. So you lose that lake shadow effect. I think faster. So I think there's a lot of factors going on there. We just came off uh, talking with Paul. And so as we look at this, if you're a lover of snow and you're a lover of cold and you're living in the shadow of this just amazing push of Arctic and even some polar air, uh, this uh, flip that winter has taken, Jake, is, is it's been pretty amazing. Uh, one of our colleagues, Joe Lundberg, and I, who take a really good look at Chicago every morning to do the forecast on WBBM and our partner WLS-TV there, um, the first two months of meteorological winter in Chicago were five degrees plus both months, right? And now um, we still have a chance here to actually go to meteorological normal because of just how cold the last five, four or five weeks have been. I mean, that amazing flip we've seen from the end of uh, January now into this beginning of February, and it doesn't look like it's going to let up. In fact, 
there's a bowling ball that looks like of just amazing polar air that's going to drop right through Canada and right down into the middle of the country here as we go through this upcoming weekend and early next week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is uh, there. I don't there really isn't much of a part of the country that isn't going to be in some way, shape or form not touched by this, you know, this Arctic push, this polar vortex, this you know, all, all this winter weather happening, whether it's whether it's the extreme cold um, in the northern plains and, and Midwest and Great Lakes. I mean, we're talking about the potential for ice and snow in places like like Houston. Well, even more as we're recording this Dallas Fort Worth uh, on the Thursday, this past Thursday had a hundred car pile up right. because of the icy conditions and fatalities. So, yeah, there's feel like that old uh, TV show with heat miser and snow miser, snow misers winning big time here <laughs> yes. in the next couple of weeks. Right. Even out West. I mean, I was spending time, you know, part of, part of the time that I've spent this morning uh, before we were recording, this is out West, you know, Portland, Seattle. I mean, Seattle could see six plus inches of snow. That's, that's not a small deal for them. Portland and Salem, Oregon, big ice problems in that area on the horizon. It's everywhere. Let's talk about the big keys. Again, uh, when we do this segment, folks, on Everything Under the Sun, this is a, more of a general kind of a magazine format show. So what we want you to do is take uh, some of the things and concepts we're talking about and to apply them to your place. You need to go to AccuWeather.com or your AccuWeather app uh, and then just drill down on your local forecast to get the details. But um, let's talk about a couple of things here. There looks like a, a piece of energy is going to streak from the center of the country up into the uh, eastern seaboard again here as we go, especially uh, Saturday into Sunday. It looks suspect to me because it feels like it has again, like the Tuesday, this past Tuesday week system, a couple of different pieces. So it could be kind of disjointed. It doesn't look great, but I mean, it, it could be some impact of some slippery travel with a few inches of snow, inland areas and some icy concerns. I think New York City, Saturday night, Sunday with some mixing and then up along the uh, the coast, uh, the south coast of uh, uh, New England, Boston, southeast of there could have some icy mixing issues, some light snow. This that it, it's not an impressive system, right? Right. Yeah, that that is what it looks like. And, um, you know, it almost uh, it almost is one of those systems that can that can kind of uh, pave the way for the next one. Uh, you know, already probably uh, looking at a lot of excitement and attention, you know, early next week, which would, which could be a bigger system. But these these lead ones like this, like you're absolutely right. Mid-Atlantic, you know, parts of Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, you know, they could get some sneaky, icy stuff uh, during the weekend that uh, could could certainly cause some issues, even though it might not be much, it, you know, like you said, not a not a major storm, but it doesn't take much as like you mentioned with the the pile up in Dallas this morning, it takes a very little bit to cause some big issues. Well, that, and, and that's a good point, Jake. Uh, you know, we just saw that uh, when we had some heavy snow showers on Thursday coming off of Lake Michigan in Chicago, and it just takes a slippery coating when the temperature is 5, 10, 12 degrees because the treatment doesn't do anything. But again, I think the point is with that system going up into the eastern seaboard uh, late weekend, it looks like uh, maybe just a few hours of inconvenient, slow, slippery travel, not a paralyzing storm. Right. The thing that I think uh, that uh, we're all meteorologically, and I've even been mentioning it uh, on my stations as we've gone into the weekend on WBBM and even in, I think now the way the modeling looks, maybe even more so to uh, our friends in uh, Michigan and WWJ, 
Um, there's a like that bowling ball of extremely cold air just coming down. And at some point that's going to generate, it has to some kind of system that looks like it's going to cut up into the Great Lakes, almost as one of those kind of quick ramping up blizzard like storms where it's just creating a lot of snow, a lot of wind, and it just cranks up in a short amount of time. And I think this next couple of days, as you go through the weekend, if you're anywhere from Chicago and then even into the interior parts of the Northeast, it seems to me, Jake, that's the area as we get into the early part of this coming week that has the bullseye on it for a potential major storm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. You know, one of the things that uh, I remember learning early on in my career when I started here was um, uh, a forecaster said that, that storms like to take a track either to the west or the east of the Appalachians. And, you know, they, they rarely travel right up the spine. Right of the up mountains. the spine of it, yeah. And, and that's what we're looking at, I think, early next week is which side of the mountains does a system end up picking? Like you said, if it goes farther west and it cuts up through the Great Lakes, you know, and, and meets with that bowling ball low there, it could wrap up very quickly. Heading to the east of the mountains, it could get much more complex and complicated <laughs> with, uh, right. you know, um, heading into a big wedge of cold air and, and ice and snow and, and all kinds of just messy concerns with that. So so that is looking like a, a very interesting system. I know you've been uh, kind of looking at the West too. There's uh, more systems, more pieces of energy keep coming into that Pacific Northwest. I mean, we've been talking about this parade of just low pressures coming in wave after wave in the in the Pacific Northwest. Winter doesn't end for them either, right? Right, right. And, and, you know, with all the cold air that is in the plains, um, that tends to that tends to leak uh, westward as well and get into those areas. So that's going to lead to more chances for snow, even at some of the lower elevations uh, into early in the upcoming week. And one of the bright spots, I guess, in that type of pattern is that uh, as you get those storm systems crashing into the west, sometimes they as they cross the country, they can help to flip the pattern, if you will, if you if you get a good enough one. Right. You can modify and then maybe at some point flip out of this uh, deep dive, but that may be a couple of weeks. That, that looks like it's, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen uh, um, no. all that soon. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciated the time. I know you and your and your wife uh, enjoy this area and have enjoyed AccuWeather, and we've been certainly uh, happy to have you. How many years now? Five years. Yeah, five years. Um, well, just about my five-year Accuversary. What'd you get well, there me? You go. Uh, I'm not sure. What'd you get me for my 23rd last week? <laughs> uh, what I will get you is lots of thanks. And uh, are you on Twitter or an Instagram or anything that and anybody can follow you? Is there? Yeah, yeah. You, know? you can follow me on uh, on. I guess I'd say all the major social media platforms. I, I consider major Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm. I don't know if that'll upset anybody that f- uses other social media platforms, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll straighten it out. Uh, it's spelled S O J D A. It said Soja. Jake, yep. thanks so much for being with me on Everything Under the Sun. Hey, thanks, Dean. It's been a pleasure. Friends, that'll do it for this week's episode. When we uh, reconvene next week, a special guest, our Founder and CEO, Dr. Joel Myers, will be by with his thoughts as we've seen the vaccine take hold with COVID-19 and actually uh, rates of uh, infection and and positivity are falling. Uh, Some things that he had talked about he thought would happen at this point and his thoughts about this amazing winter weather and so much more. That'll be coming up next week in episode 11. 
for Jake, for Paul Pastelock, for our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, and our hundreds of AccuWeather team members around the world who work so hard to keep you weatherproofed in your life with our AccuWeather.com app and our AccuWeather.com site and our AccuWeather network. We thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week, episode 11 of our winter series on everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.